right, let's take our Bibles, if you will, turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 12, and verse number 40, Matthew chapter 12, verse number 40, in a sacred time here this morning, and we appreciate workings of the Holy Ghost in these moments and how he brings his body together and how it reproduces itself. The body reproduces itself. And um, I love that because you know if you've got a body you need all that body. You need it to reproduce itself. That's how God set up his body. He's the head. Everything the head does, it does through the body. We are that body. We need every part of that body. We need it to mature. We need it to grow. We need it to reproduce. You say, well, what's happening here this morning? Well, it's growing. It's reproducing itself through the Holy Ghost, through the blood that flows through it, through the mind of Christ. Somebody said, well, how do I know? I've had young men ask me, said, how do I know that I'm called to preach? I said, well, it's pretty simple. The body will need you. She will need you. And uh, you won't be having to hunt someplace to minister. The body's going to need you. I need this hand, so I use it. I need these feet. I need everything that's in this body that needs to operate for the body. And... Uh, body of Christ, what it needs, God provides, reproduces, and I'm glad that he does, and uh, you'll start out, I'm just using preaching as an example, the body needs prayer warriors, the body needs those with all kinds of gifts, we've got to have it all, but the way you know it is she'll need it. And these young fellas, you know, they surrender to preach. And, and, uh, but then one day, she'll come to you and say, would you come preach for us? She'll say that. I remember when I got saved at 14, I mentioned last night, and started preaching. I had no idea that I was going to be even able, ever, ever able. I had no desire to just get up in front of people. I just had the heart that wanted to tell somebody. And, uh, of course, how I was saved, what I was saved out of, I didn't see how folks could even trust me. But I went into that little old storefront church and was there just a few months, and uh, they asked me to sing in the choir. I don't know why. And then, after about a year or so, they asked me if I'd teach Sunday school. And after that, they started asking me if, if I would preach. 
And ever since then, she's been asking me to preach. You say, well, what, what's your gift? It's obvious. That's what she's asking me to do. And uh, I love it. And I'm glad the body is alive, aren't you? Went to Israel a few years ago. One of the reasons why I went, I wanted to see where I was buried. He said I was buried with him. So I got over there, and he wasn't in there. But I knew he wouldn't be in there. Because I knew the body was alive. If the body's up, the head has to be up. So I'm glad for the body. And all these Williamses being here. My goodness, the whole shebang. That either kill a meeting or you'll be able to have one. I often tell folks that there's only three kinds of Williamses. No matter where you go, and you'll find them everywhere. It's those that's got a lot of money, those that are real intelligent, and then us. And uh, from hanging out with this family, I think they're an us. I can sort of tell. <laughs> We're kin back there somewhere, two or three removed, once removed, two removed, whatever that is, I guess. One old-time preacher, he's old enough to know, he said, I think we was all Williamses before the fall. So I don't know about that. Anyhow. Matthew chapter number 12 and verse number 40. We'll read this verse and then I'm going to go back to Jonah chapter 1. Read just a portion of verse 3. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. It's amazing when we read the book of Jonah. We could have never imagined until we got to the New Testament and what Jesus said here that Jonah was like Jesus in the three days and three nights. But the question that arises in my heart is why? If I didn't know and hadn't read the book of Jonah, my question would be what in the world is he doing in the belly of a whale? But then we can simply go back to Jonah chapter 1 and verse 3, that first little phrase, but Jonah rose up to flee. I guess we could simply say Jonah's running. Jonah is running. Now, I do not believe that Jonah wanted to run. I don't believe that he had ever before that planned on running. Jonah's not one desirous to go to a far country as the prodigal son and live a riotous life. He's, got, he's not got women and gambling on his mind. Matter of fact, all Jonah wants is to be left alone. 
He wants to serve God where he's at. He wants to live out his life as a prophet and a preacher. Just let me pastor my church and preach my three sermons every week and minister to the lost and and pray with the sick and, and marry those that are getting married and bury those that are dead. That's all I want. He would have loved to have been able to continue his life doing what he had been doing, which was all right. But God confronted him. Wasn't it amazing when you just nestled in there to where you think everything's just right? Me and God's just right. Me and the church is just right. Me and the Holy Ghost is just right. And then here comes the word of God. And uh, turns your world upside down. I realize that there are some folks that would say, well, I'll be honest with you, if I'd have been Jonah, I wouldn't have run. Well, you've never been confronted just right. We got a perfect book, a perfect word. We're an imperfect people. And all God has to do is bring the right word to you at the right time, and you'll go to squirming. We all will. Jonah is running. But you know, Jonah runs, but in running, he runs into some things. There's three major things that Jonah ran into. There may come that time in your life to where you ain't even got the time to put your tennis shoes on, you're going to run <laughs> as Jonah ran. I mean, it's almost like he had to run. God didn't make him run. God didn't ask him to run. God didn't tell him to run. But he's got confronted, backed up against the wall. He's trying to find a way out. And so he runs. You just don't ever know what you're going to do in those hours and in those times. He is running. It is the nature of the beast being confronted with the word of God. He runs. He runs. But he runs into three things. I think the first thing that Jonah ran into was Jonah. He ran headlong into himself, but I don't think he knew him that well. Because the Jonah that pastored the little church and preached the three meetings and loved everybody was not the Jonah, the real Jonah, that he ran into once confronted by God. Oh, if he's left alone, just leave him alone. Let Jonah, why, God, God why, don't, why do you want to confront him with going to Nineveh? You know before you ask him, he doesn't want to go. 
Let him live in his little delusional box his whole life. He's memorized a few verses. He's checked off all the boxes of do's and don'ts. He's figured everything out. Man, he's rolling for God. Don't press him. But you see, God is interested in you and I not just becoming religious, but becoming real. And if you're going to be real, you're going to have to be real with yourself, first of all. And the only way you're ever going to be real with yourself is you're going to have to see yourself amidst the confrontation. He didn't realize he was an angry man, but he does now. He didn't realize that he was filled with disobedience. He had justified his feelings toward Nineveh. After all, he prophesied against them, so it's okay to hate the Ninevites. He didn't realize that his his heart was so filled of ungodly hate, not self-righteous hate. does not realize how bitter he is. There's so much in Jonah while he's sitting in his little religious circle that's like cancer on the inside. The sails laying there waiting to take over the body unless God confronts him with his word. The word is interested in bringing you to that place where you can see you whether you like it or not. You can ask my wife. She'll verify. I am a wonderful husband. I am a precious father. I am a loving preacher. And all those other things. As long as things go my way. There were things in Jonah coming out of Jonah that he never even realized the sickness that lie within this prophet. God confronts him and brings it out. Brings it to the surface and lets him see who he is. Isn't it amazing how we can be so religious and wicked at the same time and it just lays beneath, lies beneath? I mean, sitting in churches are people on this side that are justified to hating, we wouldn't call it hating, but disliking people on the other side. And you hadn't talked in years and been a member of the same church. Can you hear, can you hear Jonah I mean, he's talking, he's talking to the other preachers and everything. He's hearing word about Nineveh and all that Nineveh's Assyria up there is doing that is so wicked about this. I don't, I'm amazed me that I don't, I wish God just sling them all into hell. And he felt good about it. <laughs> kind of like a little old pickup truck. I bought one time thing, run smooth, smooth as silk. But I found out one day I had to go on a gravel road there in the mountains, a bumpy road. 
And while on that road, the motor began to spit and sputter and finally cut out on me. Had to take it back to the house and take the carburetor off, figure it out, it just all gummed up. Put it back on there, cleaned out, man, she runs smooth as silk again. As long as I didn't hit a bumpy road, but if I hit a bumpy road, I found out what was happening is that tank, that truck had set so long that all that stuff had accumulated in the bottom of that tank, and you go to shaking it, and here it comes up, and then it goes, Now thank God for all the good that we see in one another and see in ourselves, but God and only God can bring you to the realization of who you really are under the right circumstances. Boy, you got that little house, that little community, and that little place, and that good job, and all the bills paid, and everything's going so good, and then God comes and says, uh, Sell that house, and uh, I want you to go to the mission field. Oh! You'll go in debt to keep them doing that. You'll, have, you'll get yourself in the fix where you have to work three jobs. I can't go nowhere, man. I'm just... In other words, you'll start running. Many times have I heard men say, young, just the other day a fellow was telling me that he, when he was young, God had called, he said God had called him to preach when he was like 19 years old. He didn't surrender until he was 28. He said, I spent all those years. I said, oh God, I'll teach Sunday school. And said, I started teaching Sunday school. I'll sing in the choir and started singing in the choir. I'll go on visitation. He just tried to feel that, but all the time he was running. And living in misery. God had to show him who he is. Jonah needs to see the real Jonah. <laughs> oh, listen. What you're seeing right here ain't all me. <laughs> God has to confront me and show me what's in the inside. He's got a work he wants to do in us and through us. He's got to settle us first. He's got to work on Jonah first. He's got to deal with the issues that Jonah doesn't even know. He's going to have to run to find out. You're not going to find out in your little comfort zone. Now, God didn't recommend run. God didn't tell him to run. He really didn't want to run. But what he found out, he kept bumping into himself. <laughs> That's what Peter did. Oh, I got the keys to the kingdom. I mean, I'm the one that said I knew who the Lord was and he said that heaven, the Father, had revealed it unto me. And I, I tell you, I realize a lot of people might deny him, but I ain't going to. And he was confronted. And the Lord said, oh, yeah, you will. <laughs> God would rather have to deal with you on the run than sitting around like the elder brother that everything's right in your life and you, you hate everything ever. You hate, you hate even your brother. 
You're dissatisfied with your father, filled with religion and rotten on the inside. Just get up and run. If it takes it. And times it does take it. You ever see somebody cocky and proud and they think they've got it all? My mind says, oh, there's going to be some running. Contrary to all that you see right there, there's so much you don't see that's going to have to be settled and God may have to make you run. This is in a little different light. But you can see the chemistry of it. Jonah didn't just get up one morning and say, I'm going to run. God confronted him. And if you run, you'll still have to pay your own way. You'll have to find your own way. You'll have to explain your own way. But you're going to be bumping into somebody. You may not like who you're bumping into. You ever bump into yourself? Runs into himself while he's running. <laughs> oh boy, you get in those kind of shapes. You'd like to go running if you could keep yourself going with you. I'd rather run by myself, but myself goes with me. Don't you wish you could just leave yourself at home? <laughs> He is running. He has been confronted. It has broken up his little religious box, his system. He runs into himself. But now, it's very evident that the second thing he runs into that he's running from now, he doesn't realize he's running from himself. He doesn't realize that, today, but, but he gets to bumping into himself everywhere he goes. He bumps into himself. His attitude, his spirit, his anger, his bitterness. It has to be dealt with, but he runs into God. He can't run from God from running into God. I mean, he goes down to that ship. He's got everything paid for. Why not get a nap? And God shows up. They cast lots. And the lot falls on who? Jonah. He has to confess. He said, I'm a Hebrew and I fear the Lord. God's on board this ship. He tells them, God's in this storm. God is the reason you're having to throw everything overboard. And the only thing to satisfy God is you're going to have to deal with me. It's pretty bad when you are the rotten apple in the bunch. God's affecting everybody dealing with you and with me. He runs into God because you cannot outrun God. He will beat you to anywhere you're going. 
And he will already have every situation set up for you when you get there. So that you will know only God could do this. <laughs> on the run, on the run. And here's God. Jonah knows it's God. There's no question about it. He's finding out more about God on the run than he could ever study while he was in his little religious box. God is out there showing him his providence firsthand. He's showing his, his, his power firsthand. He's showing him his passion firsthand. He's seeing firsthand on the run what he'd never really seen. Now, he didn't want to run. God didn't tell him to run. I tell you, there's so much of working within us that hinders us from seeing who he really is. So he's going to have to let us deal. He's going to have to deal with the inside so that we can understand and see the upside. He runs into God. And then the worst of things... He is forced to run right smack dab in the middle of all his theories and beliefs and even prophecies in a contrary sense. He's got to go to the extreme. God is taking him to the extreme. He'd have said go to Egypt, he'd have got up and went to Egypt. If he said go to Babylon, he'd have got up and went to Babylon. But he's already preached on Assyria. I mean, he's already preached on this country. And he's already prophesied in 2 Kings chapter 17 that it's all going to be, God's going to judge that place. <laughs> and now, I don't know how long it is later, here comes God and says, I want you to go hold a meeting. We're at, Lord, in Nineveh. Oh, my goodness, he has such feelings toward that race, toward that people. And he feels like he's right because he himself has prophesied and said that it was going to be destroyed. And now here God comes with a compassionate heart and says, I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to preach and I'll tell you what to preach when you get there. And so now he has to go where he never wanted to go. He, won't, he has to go to Nineveh. He's being confronted with the extremes. God's not telling him to do something he can live with. He's telling him to do something that he just within him cannot grasp. So he runs. He runs. But while he's running, he doesn't realize he's headed right toward where God wants him to be. Hmm? He ends up where he's running from. And God, through the storms and the whales and things of that nature, brings him there where he wants him to be. But he ran. He 
the times when God is going to confront us. And who knows what that will bring out of us. But he ran. He saw himself, he saw God, and he saw Nineveh. And the truth of the matter is this. It is through this book of Jonah that we see that God brought the beast out of Jonah. He's a beast of a preacher. I mean, in his initial, the things we didn't know about him, he brings all that out. He brings the best for Jonah out. Jonah doesn't realize that God saving Nineveh in a measure saved Israel. It delayed what was going to happen probably much quicker. God was doing a saving work. Now he didn't know that, but I'm sure he found it out because he told God about it. But it is in that text in Matthew chapter 12 verse 40 that we find out in the midst of all of this what God was doing was he was bringing out his beloved son in this prophet. Whatever the measures, whatever it takes, even if he has to press you to where you feel like you just have to run, he intends making Christ real in you. So that the very heart of the gospel becomes so because of the journey. Three days and three nights. As Jonah was in the belly of the well, even so must the Son of God be in the heart of the earth. In other words, he's bringing Jonah in a measure to the end of himself and to the beginning of Christ. The Lord's not interested in dressing you up and putting a suit and tie on you, let you read your little verse and quote something and even preach a little bit. No, 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 he wants to take us far beyond that. But to get you there, there will be some confrontations. There will be some confessions. There will be some communion. Where you can see yourself, you can see God, and then you can see others like you need to see them. The end of the trail, Jonah has been so confronted and he has so been so dealt with. God has worked on him in such a way till he has learned some things he would have never learned before. God got him out of his box. God has to get us out of our box. Could you imagine, if, and I'm closing, if, could you imagine if Jonah had never been confronted with the word of God and had his little church and preached his three sermons and Nineveh would have died and went to hell and he'd have never known who he really was and he'd have never known God as God is. Now, this is all God's work and don't ask me to explain it. I just know it so. 
But God wouldn't leave him there because he had a work that needed to be done. He brought him out of his box and as a result of that, the rest of Jonah's days, and I don't know how long he lived, he could tell you some things emphatically. Disobedience to God never pays. He learned that. You can run, but you can't hide. He learned that. God loves folks that you don't love. God's word never fails. And the greatest thing I think that came out of this, he made this statement, salvation is of the Lord. Jonah, where'd you learn all that? I was running. And I got tripped up at every place. But I found truths that I could carry the rest of my life. Now this is for those times to where we just got everything real snug and put together. I got my prophecy just right. I just about know when Jesus is going to come. You don't want to know the date? <laughs> I used to study that Clarence Larkin, you know, and he's got all those lines. And I don't necessarily disagree. I just don't have sense enough to know all that. A lot of things in the Bible I can't figure out. I'm just wondering if one of those lines was about an eighth of an inch off. What kind of mess would we be in? You know, this is going to happen right here, and he's going to come down here, and then this is going to happen all there. And I, I used to study that out, and then I got confused. I said, well, I'm going to tell you, I got a good theory on the coming of the Lord. I think it's 100% correct. He's coming. Now, you can figure out when and all that other stuff. I'll just tell you he's coming. He's coming. But what God's going to do is get us out of these religious straps that we're in as Baptists or whatever, fundamentalists. And I'm going to tell you something. We can be some of the most wicked people in the world. We just don't know it. He's got to break the box, and he does for Jonah. <laughs> hey, is it all right if God loves somebody you don't like? preacher in Florida, and I'll close with this, he worked at a institution, a mental institution down there, still does, as a chaplain. His job was to minister spiritually to those that would allow him to do so. But also, when they had major events, he would have to get with the other workers and accommodate the people to get them to where the event was going to happen in the building. So it was Christmas time and they were going to have a, an imitation Elvis Presley come and sing. He said, well, you know, I didn't like Elvis' singing before I was saved. I don't think I would really like an imitating Elvis Presley. But he came. And he said he started singing and he said the workers, what their job was is if some of these patients wanted to dance, not a, you know, just kind of moving your feet type thing, I guess. 
That's all they could do. But they wanted to dance. Then the workers had to dance with them. He said, when that started, I just backed up against the wall and got out of the way. No part in that. And he said, the longer they danced, there was a young lady there. Looked like she'd had cerebral palsy or something of that nature. Couldn't talk plain, couldn't move her body real plain. But she began to express herself the best she could, and she would say, I, 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 I want to dance. But nobody paid any attention to her. And she kept saying, I want to dance. And then tears started coming down her cheeks. She said, I want to dance. And he said, I got a little upset. He said, I thought to myself, why don't some of them workers see her? And they had to, you'd have to pick her up out and dance with her. I leaned back, so proud of myself against the wall. And he said, the Holy Ghost said, well, why don't you dance with her? He said, Lord, I can't do that. They know I'm a preacher here. I'm a minister. What are they going to think? He said, what am I going to think if you don't? Talking about getting out of the box. He said, I walked over there with tears in my own eyes. I looked down and said, honey, you want to dance? He said, yes, I want. He said, the best I could, I picked her up and put her on my shoulder. He said, I've never danced a dance in my life. He said, I just moved my feet, feet holding her. And said, you'd say, well, what do you think everybody thought about you? He said, as far as I was concerned, it was me and her and the Holy Ghost out there was the only one dancing. And I was being obedient. Finding out the parameter of those little boxes that you've cemented ourselves in. To where if God wants to love somebody that we feel outside, outside the box, we don't have time for that. If God wants us to go somewhere and say something that we just don't want to, that's just not us. Well, what's my people going to think if I go to Nineveh and preach that meat? In other words... The Lord's interested in getting us to the place to where we're real with ourselves, we're real with Him, and we're real with this world. Now, I don't know. I hope it don't. It may take a little running. I've run into myself, into God, right smack dab into the needs of those that I really hadn't even cared anything about. God ended up getting him right exactly in the place where he intended on him being. Every now and then you hear somebody's took off running. In my heart, I'm thinking, oh, this going to be good. What are we going to see here? God doing. Now you'll probably never hear a sermon like that again. I ain't encouraging him to run. God didn't tell him to run. 
But I'm going to tell you something. If it takes it, he'll press you and box you up. He'll put you in the corner to where you'll squirm so bad that you ain't even going to be able to operate in the system that you're in. I run for two years. I ain't gonna tell you what a mess that was. I didn't. I, I terrible, and I didn't get nowhere <laughs> except to where God wanted me to go. If I'd have done it two years before, wow. I had a preacher friend, Jenny. He run from God seven years. Issues that happened and rose up. He said, I just, I just, I just, just running. He run seven years. Started driving trucks long distance. He said, I was so miserable. He said, God rode with me. And he said, I was trying to get away from him. And he said, I not only knew it, but it seemed like everybody else knew it. He said, one day I was sitting in a lounge there at the truck stop where the truckers eat and everything. And he said, just go ahead and sit down wherever you can. He said, it happened to be a... A Spanish-speaking, a Mexican man that sat across from me, spoke broken English, said we didn't carry on no conversation, but the way I found out was about what he said. And he said, I sat there, and he said, man, I'm just so broken, and, I, you know, basically finding out so much about himself and having to find out the hard way about God and, and, uh, and <laughs> getting back to where, uh, not realizing God was taking him back to where he needed to be. But he said, I sat there and he said, uh, I lifted up my eyes and he said, that Mexican was looking straight at me. And he said to me, he said, Senor, I do not know who you are, but you are not a truck driver. <laughs> I said, what? He said, I know exactly what he's talking about. Aren't you glad God's in charge of all of it? Yeah. Yeah. 